Hey, thanks for joining the Money Happy Hour, where we make every hour a happy hour for your money. I'm your host, Tom, the Savings Captain. In this episode, I'm going to cover some common money savings tips. These are tips that typically appear in online articles. They usually appear, you know, when we're setting New Year's resolutions or on weekends when the news cycle is really slow. So I'm going to drill into these tips and talk about why they do work and call out where they really might miss the mark. In the Ask the Savings Captain segment, I'm going to answer a follower's question. Should I open a credit card? Stick around. The answer might surprise you. But before we get started, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the Money Happy Hour podcast. It helps reach more people with this helpful message. So we've all seen articles titled, you know, they typically start with six ways to save money, 10 simple ways to save more money, the best ways to save money in 2023. If you perform a Google search and enter in money savings tips, you'd be surprised Google will return 890 million selections on this very topic. So it is highly searched for, but these articles, they're really just more a regurgitation of the same ideas. They typically have things like cut your cable, set a budget, don't eat out. While the intent of these articles is usually really good, what I see missing is like how you can actually apply them in your everyday life. And that's what we're going to talk a lot more about in just a little bit. Not knowing how to apply them properly can either cost you more money or just end up making you feel frustrated. So I'll give you some thoughts and insights on how to be successful I'm going to talk about 10 money savings tips, and I've carefully selected these 10 because they're the 10 tips or categories that I usually see commonly in these articles. So when you don't know how to properly apply instructions really to anything, it can get messy and definitely with money. Um, So for example, if you're trying to fix something, you might watch a YouTube video. You follow along with each step, starting the video, stopping it, playing it back as you playing it back as you kind of fix along with it. This reminds me. I'll tell you a quick story. It reminds me of when I attempted to change headlights on my Volvo. I thought it was going to be a rather simple job. I thought I'd save a few bucks and time, not bringing it to my mechanic. So I found a YouTube video, and after watching it, I felt confident. I looked. It was a straightforward video. I could see what the guy was doing. It was only a three and a half minute video. So I followed along step by step. And a few minutes later, I had parts for my headlight canister all over the garage. I handled the halogen bulbs, being careful not to touch, avoiding the bulb so I wouldn't taint it. Then finally, I got to the point where the bulbs were inserted I ended up reassembling that litter of parts I had all over the garage. And I was thinking, gee, this is very complicated. It's a lot of parts to put a bulb the size of my pinky back into the car. So step by step, I finished it. Everything was in, turned on my car. And guess what? I was proud as could be. The headlights were working. But a short while later, I had to go to my my mechanic for basic service. And when I pulled in, he was looking the car over, and the first thing he asked me was, Hey, Tom, who put your headlights in? 
in a moment, a flash of guilt came over me. I was caught. I was caught red-handed. I serviced my own car without him. He pointed out, hey, your headlights, one is pointing up, one is pointing down. It looks like strobe lights. So my pride of doing my do-it-yourself repair quickly vanished. Then he said, hey, the seal's not even on properly. The rain that we've been having, it's all accumulated inside the headlight canister. He said, your thing looks like a fishbowl going down the highway with your lights on. So why do I tell that story? Well, in fairness, it, it probably didn't help that the video I selected, unfortunately, it was not in English. It was in Swedish. So I had limited instruction on how to actually apply what I was doing. But I think the real big lessons I learned were, at least for me, that sometimes when we do try to attempt to save money, it ends up costing more. And then I think the other big thing is when you are following instructions, really make sure you know what you're doing and think it out and have that approach when you're applying the instructions to your everyday life. So let's use that approach here in a second, and we're going to go through the 10 money savings tips that I have found. We're just going to talk a little bit about them. So the typical first step that I see is you're just categorizing your money, tracking your spending. And if I had to put like, Uh, a five-star review, a Yelp review on all of these, I would probably give this five stars. I think it's real important to track your spending. With technology as it is today, we've got all this information at our fingertips. I'm quite certain if you go on to wherever you bank or if you use a credit card, you can look at like where you're spending money and it will categorize it for you. And I find this to be a helpful activity because For instance, if you're trying to determine, hey, I've been eating out a lot lately, how much have I spent in the last 30 days on eating out? You can get a pretty good baseline of of where your money's going. So I really like that idea, tracking your spending, seeing where it's going on, at least those controllable categories month over month. The second thing that comes up, you'll see this in just about every review of money-saving tips, They use a word that I said last episode we're never going to use. They use the B word. I don't use that word. I call it a financial freedom plan, but they use that word. So I'll call it establish a financial freedom plan. Hey, I'd give that one five stars as well. It's really important. So if you use that first step and go back 30, 60, 90 days, you can get a pretty good timeline a great baseline of where you're spending money by category. And it will help you hone in on where you can save money going forward. So if you're looking to trim your budget, pay off a credit card, increase your emergency fund, accelerate your investing in your IRA or individual stocks, it's a good place to start to identify savings. So let's talk about savings. That's uh, The next tip, um, setting up a savings goal. So what is that? That's step number three. But what that essentially is, is knowing it's important to look at where your money's been going over a lot of times over the last year, because 
most people, including myself, there's seasonally three things that tend to impact the budget. And those are vacation, holiday gifts, and those one-off expenses that might be car repairs, home repairs. And a big mistake most people make, and I've made this mistake myself, is not earmarking enough money month over month for expenses that you know you're going to have. So how would you know those expenses? And I think the best way to, to really know those expenses is follow that first step, tracking by category. Again, from there, you can get a pretty good baseline. So this one, I think, pairs really well with step number one, knowing where you're spending money. And if you identify that, hey, last year's vacation cost me $3,000, and I'm planning a similar vacation this year, well, number-wise, you've got a pretty good baseline to save for. So you'd ask yourself, am I saving $500 a month for that vacation so when the time comes, I don't have to run up a credit card or deplete savings? So I'd give that one five stars as well. That certainly makes a lot of sense. Tip number four is saving using an automated tool so this gets into probably you've probably seen these on your apps on on wherever you bank wherever you might have a brokerage account and it's dedicating a certain dollar amount either daily weekly monthly to go into savings i'm going to give that five stars as well i'm also going to plug a solution for sofi financial SoFi Bank. Many banks have this feature, but if you're looking for a great organization, one I use is SoFi Financial because they make it so simple. You can go to the show notes after you're done listening, and there's a link there for you to look at SoFi Financial, and they're offering $25 to jumpstart your savings if you open up an account. So I'd give that also a five-star review. Tip number five is like when you go shopping, this is where a lot of us get into trouble. When we actually go out shopping, we just go grazing. We don't have a plan. It could be grocery shopping. It could be going to the mall. It could be online shopping, just going page after page on Amazon. Before you know, you have things in your cart. You were looking for one thing to buy. Now you're checking out and have eight things. So kind of bulletproof your shopping Plan it out in advance and stick to it. I like that idea. Um, the only thing I would say is sometimes I'd give that five, maybe four stars, but also be looking it out on some bargains, kind of thinking ahead. This is the whole Costco effect. You go into Costco, you're, you have a list of things that you want to get, but maybe there's a seasonal special that you hadn't thought of that you know you're going to use. You know, maybe pick it up while the savings are there. So be open to always have that, always have your radar up looking for ways you can save money on things you might need. Tip number six, this always comes up. And this is almost like, I call it a guilt factor of budgeting. It's bring your lunch to work. Now, I love this. I did this for the better part of 30 years. I remember when I started out working, just a quick story, 
the founder of a mutual fund company called American Century. His name was James Stowers. And I remember reading an article that, you know, he was wealthy. He was a millionaire, obviously, but he always brought his lunch to work. He ate a peanut butter and jelly sandwich every day. It was just a level of, uh, you know, diligence or sacrifice. Now, I don't think eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch every day is actually what caused him to be wealthy, but it was just that daily activity, that mindset of, uh, of, of daily frugality, just those micro decisions make a big deal. But I call it a guilt factor as this, hey, there's going to be some times that you're just going to want to go out to lunch, whether it's for social reasons um, or just to treat yourself, you know, do it. But I'd say 80% of the time, you're going to see a lot of benefit to your budget by brown bagging it day in and day out. Uh, you're going to get two side benefits from that. If you're a salaried worker and you're getting paid hourly and you get a 30 to a 60 minute lunch, do you really want to be driving all around town, waiting in a line, waiting in Chipotle, waiting at a drive through to pick up lunch? Kind of, it kind of puts you in a rush mode. Then if you're an, if you're an hourly worker or a salaried worker, rather, um, you can get so much more done by not using your time just to take, chase down lunch every day. I always found it effective from that standpoint. So I'd give that generally a three to a four star rating. I think most people fail. They go all in and it's one of those things they just cannot, they just cannot humanly commit to. And then they stop doing it all together. So I think there's gradations whenever you're putting something like these in your budget. Now, we're going to get to one tip here. It's number seven. And usually, the tip is usually cut the cord, stop paying for cable, cancel all your subscriptions. This is what I'm going to give this one uh, maybe two stars, really one star. I think this is a, I know where the intent is, but I think it's a terrible idea if you're trying to reduce your budget. Here's why. Um, the first part, I think the intent is good. If you're having, if you use products or have subscriptions you just don't use, of course, cancel those. That's just throwing money out the door. But here's why I say not to do it. Even if you still have old school cable or satellite TV and you're paying $100 to $150 a month, when you cut the cord, what are you going to end up doing? That's the question you should ask yourself. Are you tired of feeling lost in the world of trading and investing? Get informed and inspired with the Talking Trading Podcast. I'm Louise Bedford, and I'll help you navigate the markets like a pro. Tune in each week and subscribe now at talkingtrading.com.au or on your favorite podcast app. Or check out the link in the show notes. Talking Trading, this is how traders excel. When you have cable TV, you're probably staying at home. You're not driving around town. You're not eating out. You're not spending money. So in your attempt to save $100 or $150 a month by cutting the cord, you're probably going out and doing things and spending a heck of a lot more money. You know, I think having a subscription like we have Netflix and we have Amazon, 
there's a certain level of enjoyment that you just can't quantify with those subscriptions. But it keeps us, you know, it keeps us at home. It keeps us entertained relatively cheaply. So I say one to two stars on that. Hey, here's a five star one. This is a must, and we're going to talk more about this in a future episode. But this is tip number eight, creating an emergency fund. If you don't have an emergency fund, it's amazing how emergencies always find you when you don't have an emergency fund, something in savings. So most people, most financial planners recommend three to six months of your monthly expenses tucked away in a highly liquid, safe, stable place. An emergency fund should not be your credit card. You spend money on that, you're going to have 20% interest that you're paying. You're never going to get ahead. But an emergency fund should be something you should tap into when an emergency arises. Um, Going shopping is not a use for an emergency fund. Treating yourself to a big shopping spree at the mall, that's not really considered an emergency. should be part of your daily budget. So really true emergencies there. Again, five stars on that one. Um, Tip number nine, buying new or buying used instead of new. Yeah, probably three stars. I think it makes a lot of sense. You can debate this back and forth. Maybe you're better off if you can pay cash for it, getting a new car and not having to worry about the maintenance costs. But in a book, um, The Millionaire Next Door, the author of that book profiled thousands of millionaires and observed that a lot of millionaires actually buy things new. And uh, what they end up doing, for instance, if they buy a car or a pair of shoes, they buy a high-quality item. And over time, since they're buying high-quality, the thought is they're not having to replace quite as frequently. So I say that's a three-star. I think I, the way I usually approach that, and you might want to too, instead of just randomly applying, always buying used stuff, going garage sale shopping on weekends, is think of how you're going to use it and think, you know, think what the true cost is going to be instead of buying new versus used, new versus used. And this last one, the final tip, tip number 10, I, this is an interesting one. I call this the temptation tip. This is unsubscribing from, you know, the emails that you get, the marketing emails. So these are, these are unsubscribing from the favorite places that you like to shop or you're occasionally a shop. And if you, if you, I don't unsubscribe from these because I generally don't even look at those emails. I skip over them. But this is a know yourself kind of moment. If you find that you're easily tempted anytime an offer, a 25% off or a sale type email from one of your favorite merchants pops up in your email and you're actually spending money that you don't have or just making very impetuous decisions, I'd probably unsubscribe from those uh, from those emails. So those are the 10 tips. I would give that final tip, oh, I'd call it a three or four star. That just depends. I think that just depends on the person. So I hope you found this review helpful today and it will help you make a little more comfortable, confident decisions when you're applying money-saving tips to your daily life. So use 
I would love to any comments that you have on this topic. I'd love for hear, to hear from you, hear from our listeners to see what you find effective. So now we're going to jump over to the segment of, hey, let's ask the savings captain. So this is a, a top, this is a question I got from a, a viewer last week, a follower last week rather, and it it's usually the question usually goes to, goes something like this: Should I open a credit card? Should I use a credit card? You know, fill in the blank. It was specifically should I open a credit card? So let's ask the savings captain. I think my answer might surprise you, and here's why it might surprise you. Most places, most articles, most most financial experts will usually give a definitive answer. They'll say yes, use a credit card, and they'll usually say if you use a credit card, you're going to establish good credit, and good credit's important because when you borrow money, it's great to have good credit. Well, that's true. Other people will say, yeah, open up a credit card. Look for wherever you can get cash back. Well, again, that's the math part of it. It's true. And then other people will say, some pundits will say, no, never have a credit card. And I think there's some truth to that too, because they, they'll usually say, using a credit card, you can't get into credit card debt if you don't have a credit card. That's the basis for it. So let's dissect that just for a second. I think both avenues are true, but this goes back to what we spoke about last episode, that money is you know, behavioral, it's a mindset. So my answer is, when I get this question, should I open a credit card? It, it, it's depend, it really depends. So I always say it's yes or no, depending on the person. There was a time in my life when I used a credit card and it was a disaster. I was paying whatever it was, 15, 20% interest, getting points. You're not going to get ahead that way by carrying a balance. If that's you, don't open a credit card. If you don't have an emergency fund, if you can't pay the balance in full every month, well, don't open a credit card because the bank is going to just prey on you with 20% interest. But I think where it is, yes, is if you have an emergency fund, if you, if you can pay it off every month and get points, the savings captain always likes points and always likes money-saving opportunities where I get real money back for things I'm buying. Actually, I've, I really don't buy anything unless I get a point, if I, unless I get some cash back or points from it now. So it really just depends. I'd, I'd ask yourself that question first, and that's how I posed it to the person that asked me that question. So if you have any questions for future episodes that you'd like to ask the savings captain, please post your questions in the comments, or you can email me directly at thesavingscaptain at gmail.com. And also, you can follow me on Twitter for daily content. On Twitter, I'm at savingscaptain, and also Instagram, I'm the savingscaptain there. So next week, we're going to have a really good episode. We're going to talk about a tool that we could apply very easily to our budget and help increase our savings and help increase our investing. So be sure to subscribe to the Money Happy Hour podcast as we supercharge your investings and savings. And again, thanks for joining the Money Happy Hour where we make every hour your money happy hour.